Welcome to Lifestyles of the Rich and Dead. No, we know bit. what their end game is, and it's profit. Profit. It's yeah. the middle game that they have trouble with, as we've known from the pictures. That is just shrouded in secrecy for now. Shrouded in secrecy. Shrouded, shrouded is a good word. Sure. We don't use, that we don't use shrouded it enough. Um, we use it enough. <laughs> like, what do you want to do? I'm like, you can just say it all the time. Like, I don't. I think we both. I, I think everyone says it just enough. I don't think well, it's a word like, that's been forgotten in time. Like, it's like means like covered or whatever. But like, wouldn't I like want to like? Oh, I'm just gonna like you know. Um, uh, I even I just completely forgot the word that I'm advocating for. Shrouded. Shrouded. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not really making my case here. <laughs> it, it sounds like it's less that you want the word to be used more, but you want more things in your life that are cloaked in secrecy. Uh, no, because then I would just lose them more. Then I would lose even more headbands. But like, like, why don't people say like, "Oh, I shrouded that burger and you know ketchup"? Like, no, why wouldn't you say that? That's terrible because shrouded it's has a negative it. connotation. Shrouded has a negative, it's not negative connotation. Like maybe if you're doing a Halloween burger. At your local burger place with green burgers and black sauce or something like that. You know, like, w- like you could have your burger shrouded in mozzarella I'm sorry. cheese. Why is it a green burger? Why is that spooky? I'm thinking of the Halloween-y. Halloween-y <laughs> colors. Black and like, green are not Halloween. It's orange and black is Halloween. Yeah, I know that orange and black is Halloween-y. But green is definitely in the Halloween uh, uh, texture. Like, like, just like red and green is Christmas, but right. white is surely in there. Ah, uh, that's a little. Uh, that's a hundred percent the same. That's a hundred percent the same. It's a hundred percent the same. I disagree. I disagree. It's not. It's red and green. Just like, just like uh, red and pink are Valentine's Day. Also white. Green uh, 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 again. No, red and pink. That's it. Uh, Thanksgiving, brown and orange. Those are the colors. Each holiday gets two colors. Brown and orange. Yes. What? <laughs> Thanksgiving does not have any colors. Those are the default ones. Does not have any colors. <laughs> they're very fall esque and like you, you know. just pick, and they're, they're no. Maybe a little like, yellow, but no. Brown and, brown and orange is just the colors for the Cleveland Browns, and they realize their mistake. They realize their mistake. Aaron and Red have a disagreement about what colors are. No, it's a spectrum. It is not a loop. It is a spectrum, not a circle loop. It's a spectrum to our eyesight because we can't decipher circles. Oh, God. We can't see circles. And it's true. Um, Aaron, we're talking around in circles. We're here to talk about Edgar Allan Poe. We're talking around in... Are we ever? Are we ever? Talking around in circles? We can no, talk Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, no, I was sure, say, sure. I'm oh, okay. excited because this is a this is a bit of a doozy here. We have there's some meat that we need to get through. There is some oh, stuff that we need to dissect. I, the thing is, I now maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. I didn't find much meat on the bone here. Oh, really? Get out of here. There are two. There are two runaway headlining stories that we need to talk a bit about, and then there's some fun other stuff happening. Okay. tangentially. I guess there's some fun stuff. I'm not going to try and say there's not fun stuff, but I, I just don't find anything that was, uh, uh, I guess I knew everything. I guess I knew everything. Oh, see, that, uh, see that's where, like, uh, I knew Poet uh, had a connection with Ravens, I guess. I think he said Nevermore or something like that. A bunch. Um, big Head. 
Oh, in that Simpsons episode where like Lisa, like there was like supposed to be a heart underneath a floorboard or something like that, and it kept like sure. pounding or something. That's so uh, you've never you, the Telltale Heart. Um, that's it. The Telltale Heart and uh, the Raven is a uh, is a, a poem called the Raven. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a real beautiful yeah. poem. I are you wearing headphones? I am. Yes. Are they plugged in? Yes. Because I heard myself back. Well, I have my headphones plugged in. Okay, here. I believe you. I believe you. Um. So, but uh, the things I knew about Edgar Allan Poe, uh, uh, I knew about his cousin. Uh, his teeny tiny cousin. His cousin. I knew about. I knew a mysterious murder and mysterious death. I knew mysterious death. Uh, I did find out some things. I did find out some things. But let's just talk about what's your big. Well, should we just, should we give a, a a breakdown real quick of who he is? He's an American author. Um, and he was uh he he died at the age of forty or forty two or something like that. And uh, he uh, was very macabre, very spooky. Well, yeah, he's the spooky dude. He's Everyone a spooky knows dude. Him. He's a yeah. spooky dude with a big head. I remember actually the first, one of the first memes I ever saw was a picture of him and just talking about his eyes being two deep pools of endless sorrow and that <laughs> I'd want to fuck him. Who wouldn't want to fuck him? And that was the whole meme is that people want to fuck Edgar Allan Poe. I remember that's one of the first memes I ever saw. That people wanted to fuck Edgar Allan Poe? Because he has uh, eyes that are like two deep pools of endless sorrow. He was like an emo boy. He was an oh, no, emo I get that. He, he was the emo person before his time. I just, he never He was really... an ugly emo boy. He kind of looks like if Robert Pattinson had uh, gigantism. <laughs> <laughs> but not like super tall, but just like it morphed his head into a, uh, 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 and gigantism is not the right word. We don't want to uh, uh, hurt our viewers. It's acromelgy. Acromelgy. Uh, I'm not going to, acromelgy? Acromelgy, yes, yes. That's, That's just, the uh, scientific term for when you get... Uh, remember in uh, Simpsons when Ken Griffey Jr. is drinking yes. the nerve tonic Thank and then know. gets acromelgy, uh, which they call gigantism in the show. And that's how I see Robert Pattinson <laughs> with that type. That he, he looks exactly like Edgar Allan Poe. Honestly, he looks if, exactly. if I could just relate anything in the real world to like instances or episodes of The Simpsons, that like, just makes things like a little easier digestible. Right? I can make that yeah. connection a lot easier. Yeah. It's, Am it's I great. assuming that our fan base, which is growing every single day, clearly every, every single day, <laughs> we, we, yeah, of course, every single day. It's not like we're falling. Uh, I'm falling behind with editing, uh, <laughs> but it's it's growing every single day. Um, they all appreciate our Simpsons references. I'm I sure. Think that, I think there's a lot of crossover. There I think there's a lot of crossover. <laughs> If, if there wasn't, then I would be disappointed, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Uh, what's okay. your biggest juicy piece of juice? I feel uh, like this one goes without saying it has to be number one. Uh, nobody knows how he died. Nobody knows how That's this number died. one? How is okay? That's number one. There's for you? two. There's two leaders. Okay, I no, want to start with death. We're, we're gonna stick with your your number one, which is uh, almost hurtful to me. Um, but yes, <laughs> yes, hurtful. that is. Yeah, that is, uh, he did have a mysterious death. What did you, uh, what, what, t- talk to me about what you saw from his death. I'm pulling up my references right now. Okay, cool. So on his death, uh, about September 27th, um, Poe had left Richmond, Virginia, bound to head over to Philadelphia, edit a collection of poems. Um, and apparently he had talked to like a doctor, like maybe a little bit beforehand who said, Hey, maybe you shouldn't be traveling. It looks like you have kind of like a fluish condition or this probably like, probably is nothing, whatever. But like, he kind of like shoo shooed that away. 
and, you know, left uh, September 27th. And then about uh, a week later, nobody has any idea what happened to him for about a week. And then mm-hmm. he shows up um, delirious, uh, kind of wearing just rags, like no semblance of clothing, just speaking nonsense at a polling location somewhere in Baltimore, uh, really drunk or whatever, and uh, soiled in his own soiled clothes, and eventually was taken to a hospital and died like two days later. But like nobody knows how he got into that state, what he was doing in that week in between, or like what even like led up to it. There's a lot of interesting theories out there too that I'm. There's a lot of interesting theories. Yes. Um, what's your favorite theory? What do you think happened? What do you think happened to Edgar Allan Poe? So Edgar Allan Poe, he goes missing for a week, comes yeah. back, loopy and delirious, and dies soon after. What do you think happened to him? What I think happened to him... Um, what I think happened to him is that he, um, A, has a history with alcoholism. He was known for being a bit mm-hmm. of a drunk for a little while now. So I think he just kind of got sidetracked maybe kind of got like didn't feel like doing his thing in philly and like he has i think he has a connection to baltimore he's been in and out of that area so like he was like you know what i'm just gonna hang out in baltimore for a while and what i would like to think well not like to think but i think this is my what i think happened is that apparently there was a system called plying back in the day and you know Plying, yeah. So not to get too, like, you know, current events, you know, fake newsy, like, and all that that stuff with it, but apparently plying is when, like, people would abduct isolated people during city elections, fill them with all kinds of liquor, and then force them to vote multiple times at, like, a a polling site. So I think he just happened to be Oh, that's what we like to call a Georgia primary. That's what we like to call a Georgia primary. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, the tying to the real-world current events. Exactly. Isn't that fun? Um, but yes, so yeah, not fun because it's not true, but either way, back then, whatever this was, I have no idea. Was this, what year is this? Oh man, I have my lack of research. It's it's 18, it's in the 18s. I love how it's not about this show, people won't listen to this for the research. It was around 1840s, 1840s. That's right. And apparently this was a common practice back then. This wasn't that unheard of. So my prevailing thought is that he was having some drinks on a bit of a bender, kind of down about his job. And then some guys were like, yo, we need to get our dude elected. Let's just buy him all the shots we can. He had the pre-existing medical condition. So like he was on a normal drinking thing and then just got super bendery and they forced him into like a polling place after like giving him all the shots and like the combination of like this vicious bender um, probably kind of exacerbated whatever illness was into the system, and he died a couple days later. That is my best guess as to what happened, or how, why he was found completely incoherent in the gutter of, like, a polling place in Baltimore somewhere. What is your thought? What do you think? We can go to some of the other ones that were, like, kind of tossed around there, but what do you think actually Rabies. happened? I think he... <laughs> that was one of my favorite wild ones! That I was one of my favorite wild ones. I think he walked into the woods, and he got ravaged <laughs> by something. <laughs> <laughs> he got, got ravaged by a coyote or some sort of woodland creature, uh, and uh, because he's so he's he's a pretty even though he's a whiner and he's a complainer, mm. he's like. But like oh, the thing is. is, he's any anyone any person in the eighteen hundreds, they'll take an animal bite. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll be okay with did. it. But he was brought to a hospital and they didn't like, I feel like if it was, and because I did see that rabies theory, I feel like if it was an animal bite, wouldn't some doctors have raised some alarms? Like, it wouldn't be a mystery to this day if it was a I also feel, bite. I'm not sure about any 
I, I, I like the rabies one, personally. I feel like the reason he died is from his enemies. Like, did you see, like, his enemies uh, 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 wrote his obituary? Um, oh, that's another topic. That's okay, number three we, on my list. I don't want to touch, touch on it now, but that is a whole it. thing. I do feel <laughs> that he was let die. He was let, like, he was he allowed to die. Like, oh, fuck up. And in all honesty, like, what are they going like, to do? If you get rabies back then, it's kind of just like, do you want the gun or the the knife? <laughs> like, it's it's they're not going to cure him. No, that's true. But like, I, once again, I feel like that would have been because he did go to the hospital for like a day or two. And um, even like better, too, is like, um, I love this. The, I don't know if you caught this part. Um, so uh, Poe spent his final days wavering between fits of delirium gripped by visual hallucinations. The night before his death, when he was in the hospital, according to his attending physician, Poe repeatedly called out for Reynolds. A figure who to this day remains a mystery. So he was calling out for Reynolds. Oh, Reynolds, where are you? Nobody has any idea who Reynolds is. No relation to his life whatsoever. I'm telling you the God's Thoughts. honest truth. If I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to talk about a treasure that I buried someplace. I will say something. I, I will try to gaslight whoever's near me. If I'm dying, I want to give them an adventure. And of course... Of course, this melodramatic, macabre writer on his deathbed, he's known for being yeah. emo, I would 100% just call out a name. Just say a name. Give people some, <laughs> something fun to write about. That's me. No part, of you, no part of you wants to think that it was like a person who like killed him or maybe a person who like, oh, like slipped some stuff into his drinks that caused like, like I, the... Like, the I am more... Because it was the language that he used. He kept calling out, where are you, Reynolds? Reynolds, like Reynolds, where are you? And you wouldn't say that to some person. Yeah. Like you'd be like, Reynolds did it. I'm dying because of Reynolds. He, he was, he was kind of saying, like almost like I almost see it as a delirium. Like he was, he was all wan- wonky, uh, and he just said a but thing. Like, but like also interesting that he used the last name as of like he didn't know the person well enough to even like suggest what their first name or actual name could be. It's like, oh, uh, maybe like. My thought was like, oh, by the way, it wasn't called plank. It was called much better. I missed, misread it. It's called cooping when they just for, like forced people full of liquor and made him vote multiple times. Maybe Reynolds was the dude he met in the bar and he cooped him real good. So he's like, Reynolds, he did it to me. No one knows it because he was just like the random, like Rando in Baltimore who, you know, filled him full of liquor and made him vote. So like, I think it was his last gap at a murderer and like people are like you are like, <laughs> oh, here's this really macabre out there poet. Like, you know, like, he's just doing his spooky thing calling out random names when he was trying to give the name of his murderer and people just kind of like well whatever he's just being when did you you become the conspiracy theorist and i become the rational one (laughs) no i'm sorry you're the one who just suggested rabies you just suggested uh, just to answer what you said about he he called him by his last name almost informally or formally uh, informal like you didn't know him Aaron, when yeah. we were playing Settlers of Catan, we all had nicknames, and we referred to each other as our last names. <laughs> I was Ambrose. You were Plainsview or Wellington? Yeah. Wellington. 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 Juicy was Plainsview, yeah. and Nick was yeah. Burroughs. Burroughs. Oh, I have no idea. No, oh, Burroughs, yeah. yeah we should go back to that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun Not thing. A bad idea. But, so way. I'm just saying, I think everyone's calling each other by their last names in the 1800s. I am I am down on this idea. We don't know I that for sure hate though. The idea that he died because he got he because he could take his liquor. 
It's not like he couldn't take his liquor. What, they got him too he drunk? Was, he wasn't known alcoholic. They got yeah. him too drunk and that's how he died? No. He Maybe they found this delirious, rabid man on the street. They're like, you want to vote a few times? And they pushed him in. But I don't think the voter people killed him. I believe the coyote... But that's why I think... <laughs> you think the coyote I just feel that... Uh, I feel like it's funny for a, such a macabre, such a mysterious character to have such a, a silly death. I want it. In all honesty, I just want it to be a rabid a rabies. I just want it to be rabies. It is the funnest theory, but I still think that, like... I think Reynolds is the dude who slips something into his beers. Like, he was like, maybe he knew who Poe was, and, like, clearly Poe made some enemies in his time, and was like, you know what, fuck this dude, I'm gonna slip some poison into him and make him, and coop him afterwards and make him do the voting thing, but, like, so I would agree with you, it's slightly suspicious that for an alcoholic, like, he would just randomly go on a bender and die one day, um... But I think Reynolds was up to no good and did play part of it. And people were just like, oh, spooky dude's being spooky and never really kind of looked into it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I don't know. I think that uh, maybe Reynolds was the name of the coyote sure, who sure. attacked him. Maybe or it's maybe Reynolds is a ghost. A silly little ghost. Almost. A c- also, also uh, because in true. all honesty, when you're right on your deathbed, apparently you see dead people. That's what I heard. Um, when you're on your deathbed, you really? see you're seeing the light. So he probably saw his buddy Reynolds like Reynolds. <laughs> Where are you? Where what are you doing are here, you, Reynolds? Reynolds? I haven't Reynolds, seen you. Reynolds, you've been dead since I was a child. I only know you as Reynolds. Oh. I've only ever known you as Reynolds. <laughs> you had a first name, but I'm too old and I forget. What are you doing here, Reynolds? He was Where like are 40. you, Reynolds? He was be 40. He wasn't that old. That, you know? <laughs> yeah, he... I, uh, that's I fair. think that's fine. That's, that's fair. Fun. But, uh, what, uh, it, what other uh, deaths, the, the rumors were there? There was something to do with uh, his enemies. Well, we're, we're going to talk about that in three. We're going to talk about it in three. We'll, we'll talk that in three, but, like, some other theories that are tossed out there. Um, epilepsy, diabetes, which I didn't quite get. Like, guess he just was never, like, diagnosed for it or whatever, maybe. Um, carbon monoxide poisoning, which is what made me think about kind of, like, oh, somebody poisoned his drink or whatever. And or they maybe did like, I don't know what carbon monoxide poisoning was. Was it, like, the rag, kind of, like, you put the, like, rag on, like, with something and then put it over no, their mouth no, or carbon something? carbon monoxide poisoning is, uh, is, like, a le- we have carbon monoxide detectors in our apartments for possible, it's a scentless... It's a scentless uh, gas that kills us. Oh, so maybe it was like at like a really seedy like motel and they, and they had have, carbon monoxide poisoning they didn't have filtering any through. Carbon monoxide like, detectors then. There was yeah, nothing yeah. going beep beep. So they you, they had an old timey one, which a guy, was a guy named Gus. And coming in, nope, <laughs> that's all it was. But you're good You're good here. here. You're um, good. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I, well, one thing I wanted to bring up, and this is just an aside, but actually. It's about his alcohol abuse, but also because of the thing you said about diabetes and epilepsy. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off. Uh, but uh, all, all those are fun theories. What's your, oh, should we go on to the next one? The thing that I think is the most scandalous thing? No, I see it. That, that was my number one. I know I am like 99.99% sure what your number one is about to be, but lay it on me because I am ready well, to go into this one he's too. he's 27 years old. And he marries his 13-year-old cousin. <laughs> Let's talk about his he cousin, his Brian. Yes. Cousin. They forged her. her uh, so a 13-year-old. He met when they were nine. They met when they were nine. Yeah. And he was a, uh, wait, what was she? 13. So she was, he was 23. And she was nine. And he's just like, he, whoa. <laughs> I can't wait till you get four years <laughs> older. <laughs> red flag. Red flag. Red flag. Definite red sure, flag. Yeah. Whoever his cousin is. Whoever his uncle is. <laughs> 
What? Apparently, uh, all the family was against it. They were all mortified. I was reading this article being like, uh, they were saying how, uh, oh, and before you start saying, oh, it was a different time then, everyone thought this was a bad idea. To be clear, I think I think it was what it was the um, it was the cousin thing that wasn't completely outrageous, but the age thing, everyone was like, "Yo, what the yeah, fuck, yeah. dude!" And like he like he was very so like yeah. Um, first met when she was seven, and then Eddie moved in uh, two years later to her house. It was like um, it was like the girl, her mom, and like so his aunt and Poe were all hanging out, the three of them, I guess. And there was, like, more people, but then, like, more people died. But it was the three of them were the core characters. Um, he became her tutor because she was uneducated oh. when he was, uh, uh, when he moved in or whatever. Like, he you called, called her, her sissy, sissy and he called his aunt Muddy or Mother. He called you her called sissy. sissy. Just mother. holy. Uh. Uh. He even, like... He used her, like, he's like, oh, he used her as his love note carrier to, like, send love notes to other people, like, whatever. So he was using her initially as a, a pawn. Tragic, in his, like, other... What a tragic person. <laughs> she is so sweet. Because, uh, well, first thing, let's just say, he knew he was doing something wrong as well. Because on the, oh, he knew the marriage certificate, he wrote 21. <laughs> he wrote oh, yeah, 21 he... years old, under her age. Uh, which is, that's suitable. 27, 21, go no. for it. Go for it. That's fine. Sure. Yeah, by all means, your kids in love or whatever, but like, um, yeesh, this is a, and I think, I think there's one really, really heartbreaking that is, and on top of the pedophilia that's inherent in this kind of issue that we're diving into, there's a fair bit of misogyny slash sexism that, like, that's going on Are you on talking here about too, with his you... extracurricular, uh, not even a fa- were they even affairs? They were just flirtations? Oh, he had, a no, he had affairs, but I, like, I'm more talking about, so like, okay, um, the setup was- um, his Eddie's grandma and his brother dies, but that was like um, I'm calling him Eddie. Edgar on Poe's Eddie. Ooh, nice. Um, Eddie's grandma and his brother die, and this kind of like oh, they were living off the grandma's pension. So like the aunt, the girl, and Eddie are all living off the grandma's pension uh, from like the grandfather. Grand like grandma dies, pension goes away. So now Poe has to go move out of the house of the aunt and the kid and go try to make some money, which he wasn't really that great at. He was like kind of like loosely like yeah. making some money, but. Here's where the heartbreaking part of the story happens. So the girl, uneducated, living in this house, like, you know, just like doing her thing. Um, Poe also has another cousin, a lawyer who lives in Virginia, who was successful. No, did I you did get not. this part of the story? Oh, this is the worst part. This is the, like of all the parts of the story. This is the worst element to it. OK, so uh, Poe's cousin, who's a successful lawyer, invites Virginia, I guess the kid, the kid. and her mom to stay with them well, so she can go and attend school, not have to, because it's just like the, the aunt and the kid. It's like, oh, you're going to have to marry her off to get into like some marriage so you guys can have money. But like, come stay with me. I've got a suite set up here. I'm a lawyer. I got some money. And she can go attend school. You don't have to kind of worry about like selling her off to marry at a super young age. Everything will be okay. Um, didn't quite sit very well with Eddie. It did not sit well she with Eddie, been, she the had plan an of her and the She had an out. <laughs> she had an out. She would have been educated. She would have had a life of her own. She would have done all and this Eddie's, stuff. And girl, um, I like to say Eddie. Let's call him Eddie. Eddie's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, she's my child, Brian. I have... Allow for me to uh, tell you in a letter what Eddie said to his aunt upon hearing about the news that they were probably going to go move off to go with successful lawyer cousin. Um, 
He said, um, and so it's known that he apparently was, I guess, had feelings for or loved the kid at this point, but like he was like off living into separately from them. Um, so he said, and I quote, I am blinded with tears while writing this letter. I have no wish. I have no wish to live another hour. I love, you know, I love Virginia passionately, devotedly. This kid cousin of his, I cannot express in words the fervent devotion I feel towards my dear little cousin, my own darling. Um, um, uh, the tone of your letter wounds me to the soul of when she was telling him about moving out. Oh, auntie, auntie, you loved me once. How can you be so cruel now? You speak, this is the best part coming up. You speak of Virginia acquiring accomplishments and entering into society. You speak in so worldly a tone. Are you sure she would be more happy? Do you think anyone could love her more dearly than I? (laughs) Right? Like, I'm the only one who could possibly do this. Like, whatever. And, like, also, this is when he started, like, when his brother died, alcoholism was setting in. So, like, he's not making a lot of money, essentially drinking a shit ton, and then just starts writing emo letters to his aunt saying, like, you can't move off because I love this 13-year-old cousin of mine, and, you know, she's the only thing I got left in my life, so don't let her have a life because everything's falling apart around me. Everything sucks in my life. I need someone like her to, like, you know, latch on to so I feel somewhat better, regardless if she's a kid or not. There's something to be said about someone who's falling down a hole and just drags the nearest person with them. Uh... And I think it's very, like, I poor her. She, because not to mention, like, she's just had a rough, she's had a rough go. She's had a rough go. She had an out. And, uh, and he took it from her. Because, like, you know, like, he's like, you know, like, you know, don't, like, she doesn't need to be a worldly woman and have accomplishments in a life of her own. Like, you know, I can make her happy. She doesn't need a life. Let me worry about her life. So, um, yeah, very much uh, anti-feminist. That was probably the word I was looking for. Very anti-feminist in addition to pedophilia and being uh, very creepy and sad. So, um, sure, sure. So that's kind of very, awful. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty awful guy. One of the thing is about him, it's just... Uh, in comparison, one of what I'm trying to think of, were there any good men... <laughs> In Virginia, during this time frame. The lawyer guy you know, like seemed nice. He's like, hey, I can give her an education. Literally, like, the one nice guy that could have possibly come up in her life, he, like, shoo shooed away. But wait, this guy, this uncle, wasn't he trying, he was trying to stop her from being married? Correct. Or, no, okay. he didn't want to marry her. I thought her. he was trying to vie for her love as well. No, because she's his cousin. Like, in like a normal cousin, he's like, oh, I feel bad. My aunt and my cousin are in a rough spot. Hey, come in with me and your daughter, and like my cousin can get a normal education and have a normal life instead of being sold off to be married somewhere. I don't know. Sounds like just a bunch of cousins fighting over a cousin. That's what it sounds like to me. He's just like, no, 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 no. I'll take the child bride and I'll make sure she sees the world. To be fair, he could have just sold her off as soon as they got there. We don't know the exact intentions. Which, if we know anything about males in the 1840s, is likely what would happen. Males in the 1840s don't have a great track record, to be fair. To be very fair. No, no, um, not at all. In Virginia? In Virginia? <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. So, so remember, it, like she was 13 years old when they got married or whatever. Um, so very creepy and awful as it is. And to make matters worse, I got a little bit more clarifying content. Um, 
What did, what did he do? So some stories about her. She wasn't the most mature 13-year-old out there in the world, which nothing wrong with it. Are you, this is, are you bringing up hot goss about the 13-year-old? After, are we burying the victim? No, no, no. I'm not blaming her or doing anything. I'm just saying that, like, like she has forced 13-year-olds go because, like, you know, some 13-year-olds are, like, drinking or having fun or, like, you know, like, rebelling against their parents or whatever. Um, cool kids. Yeah, yeah. the cool ones. Um, the cool ones. She was not in that category. She wasn't. So, um, quick story. After the marriage, Poe's sister, Rose, apparently, I guess, she was in the picture, but she didn't really care about, like, the family. Or, I don't know. Whatever. Rose sometimes took... Uh, uh, the girl, uh, what's her name? Virginia. She took Virginia to a local school where she seemed, quote, as much of a child as any of the pupils joining in their sports of swinging and skipping rope. So Virginia, while married, would have Eddie's sister drop her off at school where she would go jump rope and hopscotch with all the other kids at school and then go back to her husband, Eddie. What a horror show. <laughs> but that being said... I love how you somehow made it seem like, what a baby. But I'm saying, <laughs> what a ch- but 13 year olds now, like days are not like skipping rope and playing hopscotch. She's like doing like, you know, like seven, eight year old girl like activities. She is even more unprepared for a marriage than any third. Like, yeah, I'm just saying it's worse than like even the numbers I'm suggest. I'm pretty sure in the 1840s, women were skipping rope and playing hopscotch well into their 30s. I feel really? like, just like back then, 13-year-old boys were in uh, holes in the ground digging coal. Like, it was like a thing. I guess so, but like, even so, like just playing playground games like with like... A- it makes it a lot creepier. It makes it a lot creepier, but it seems like that's even more up Edgar Allan Poe's territory. Oh, yeah. Not, like, having a wife that's just, like, silent in a room, play, like, jump rope, that's very scary. To be fair, this- I also did see a story that there was another 14-year-old cousin or someone else. Like, there was another minor that he was having I eyes for as well. So, uh... But that was when he was a younger man of 21. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, was, sure, yeah. Was, <laughs> that made it all okay. Like, yeah, and he's just like, I'm not ready for the commitment. Oh my god, that's what his big deal breaker was. <laughs> um, what? Because uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the scandal, but I think you're going to talk about it number three. I'm assuming. I'm talking. He had a lot of a. Uh, my third. Well, so just I feel like one last thing we should say is that Virginia did die at 21 of tuberculosis, so she never got even had a full life. All she knew was being married to kind of like this kind of scumbag, more or less. Um, I kind of want to talk about her tuberculosis in collaboration with some of his affairs, because she had a horrible demise. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. um, Okay, so these were the one, two was, first one was death, second one for me was marrying the cousin uh, and pedophilia and all that jazz that goes along with it. What was your third topic? Or what was like, I'm assuming, was two, two was his death for you? Uh, two, uh, two was his death, his mysterious death. Okay. Three is his affair. Well, his possible autumn affair with Fanny Os- Osgood. Huh. Fanny Osgood. And then what was going on with 
there was this other rival she was like a poet a notable female poet and there was this uh, like that that had eyes for him apparently a lot of female poets back then were like ooh yeah. this funny, Robert Pattinson with a big head the funny head. thing is that he was hot people loved yeah, he him was hot. Oh, like apparently He's he hot. was like like the, the thing like back then like whatever which is like and apparently this was like one of my random tidbits that I came across like all the photos that we see of him they're looking kind of like the bulging like head or whatever it looks kind of like weird or whatever those all those most of his portraits were taken in like the year before his death like around like late 30s 40 so like for the majority all this 20s like he was a heartthrob girls lining up outside the door which makes the pedophilia even more like bizarre because like dude there's so many apparently like of age women who are interested in you and you're going for the 13 and 14 year olds dude what the hell yeah he looks like a mutant colin firth <laughs> i like that like, like colin firth if he had uh got hit by gamma radiation okay uh, and became uh, Graham Poe. He's not an attractive man by today's standards, but that being said, uh, his brooding demeanor uh, and uh, awkwardly bad lo- looks probably would make him a heartthrob for a lot of people these days, honestly. Like in the same way that Steve Buscemi is. Yeah, that's, 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 I could see that. Steve, Bus- Steve Buscemi should play him in I want to see what Steve Buscemi looks like when he was like in his 20s. I have no idea what that looks like. He was actually, he looked like, uh, you know the guy who plays Pennywise? Yeah. And it, oh, uh, he looks like Bill Skarsgård. I think it was Bill Skarsgård. Bill, uh, something, yeah, Bill Skarsgård. He looks like him. He looks like that kid from One Direction that everyone loves. He's kind of got like like that like nice lips, bulging eyes, bulging piercing, and a gaunt face. Yeah. He looks like he's in a, a '80s new wave punk band. I can see that. Okay, very attractive. So three for you was the affair or the stuff going on with Francis Osgood. Like, what's your dirt? What's the angle you want to take on this? Well, uh, essentially, by the the two people that, like, that uh, there was this other person, Ruf- L. Uh, okay, I was going to say, his rival, the one that I was going into, was Rufus Griswold. Like, that's the, yes. that was the guy that I... But the I other woman that, lo- uh, that loved him, mm-hmm. that was trying to sabotage everything... Wait, there's another woman outside of Francis? Yeah, there was another woman. I'm pulling it up right now. It, there was this... Uh, here it is. It was the... I looked it up, Scandals Among the Rich in New York. Was this... In Virginia. Yeah. Um, the, uh, on Valentine's Day, I'm trying to pull it up. What's her name? Ellet. Ellet. Hmm. Elizabeth Ellet is her name. She was another person that loved Edgar Allan Poe. And she, so basically her, uh, him and Osgood, him and Fanny were like sending flirtatious Fanny. letters back and forth. <laughs> Fanny. Fanny. Definitely Fanny. Fanny. Uh, sending flirtatious, uh, love notes back and yep. forth. And... L got wind of this. Ellet got wind of this, oh. and she decided to take uh, to tell Virginia, Ooh. the poor child bride, about this as she's sick. So she is going through the this TV heartache yeah. of knowing about all this stuff, and uh, and then she goes. Ellet goes to Osgood, goes to Fanny, and says, "Hey, I'm gonna let everyone know oh. about your affair with him." If you don't end things, because this is a scandal that's going to destroy the literary world and your career and his career. And that's what broke it off because she wanted a piece of the action. Interesting. So to help stop it, she told uh, uh, Virginia, poor, uh, starting to die. Virginia really got the short end of every stick possible. Like she. She's 21 years old. (laughs) 21 years old with tuberculosis, finding out her ghoulish husband is cheating on her. With uh, a, a literary size, and so she was fraught with grief and, and worry that she he was cheating on her, and then tuber- tuberculosis to add to it. Uh, 
Poor thing. It was poor thing. Bless her yeah, heart. Sweet. That's what I got. Sweet baby say. angel Virginia. She never stood a chance. Sweet baby angel Virginia. We need to make a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> we stand. We stand yeah. with Virginia. I'm I'm wholly on board with that. She um Have you heard about Stan? Have you heard what's about Stan? The word Stan? You, you support somebody or it means you're like in their corner. And you're obsessed with them. Is this really something you're just discovering means that? Like S S S T A N. Yeah, no D. The D the D is gone. <laughs> Was I just found out about this, and apparently it's from the Eminem song. Wait, really? Yeah, they'd be like, uh, "Do you like you do use it for music you like?" So you're like, "Oh, I stand bare naked ladies. I stand Matchbox Twenty. I stand." Yeah. Yes, Dion. I know what the phrase "stand" means, but like, I don't know, like, like I don't know why it's like Eminem, like randomly. Dear Stan, I don't know why it's like you're obsessed with. Oh, because Stan really? in the song was obsessed with Eminem, and so like, oh, I stand them. How confident are you that that's where it's from? Because I really don't think that that's where it's from. It's a solid hunch. It means zero percent. There's like a zero percent chance. It's a solid hunch. Zero percent chance. I, 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 I'm almost completely maybe on it. Um, isn't that interesting? I'm glad I brought that up. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but do you have any? <laughs> What, what, tell me about this feud with what's his face from Rufus Griswold. Okay, so um, oh, what a name! It's a, that's a classic 1800s type of name, isn't it? Like, oh my god! Yeah, um, yeah, that's a shoemaker for sure. Okay, so um, all this being said, uh, so Rufus, they were friends at first. They were on good terms. Uh, Rufus wrote some stuff. Uh, Edgar wrote some stuff. Rufus was putting together a collection of poems or stories, some like big book or whatever, and he like. When it reached out to Eddie and he was like, hey, putting me into the book, you want to put something in here? You guys, you want to write me something, whatever for it? And Eddie was like, great, super, let's do it or whatever. Um, but um, Edgar Allan Poe, in addition to alcoholism, being a pedophile and just being ghoulish in general, um, also was extremely um, insecure. And he hated people from Boston. I feel like it was like one of those things where like he wanted to be accepted or like because like Boston was like kind of like supposed to be this like intellectual writer society or like where free thinkers were. And like I think he wanted to be part of that clique but he never was a part of that clique. So then he just started like mm-hmm. reeling against Boston and I hated Boston for whatever reason. Like there's an ongoing feud between Edgar Allan Poe and Boston. Um, to be honest, I kind of hate Boston. I mean, like so. I didn't say that he was wrong in his, for his beliefs. I'm just saying that sure, those were sure, his, sure. those were his we're, this, this show is very anti-Boston yeah. if we haven't mentioned it before. I don't care. Um, yeah. So Poe said that, but essentially, so the book came out and Poe, because he was a little insecure and like, I guess he featured a bunch of uh, Boston writers or whatever. He, um, Poe said that Griswold unduly favored new england writers in the book so he like gave too much airtime or page space to these bostonian writers and um <laughs> nice slam here like so he wrote a critical review of the book after it came out he was like super was like oh this dude sucks or whatever even though he's like yeah i'll put like i'll help out and be part of it he like hated it um he said in terms of bostonians he said they have no stole they have no soul bostonians are well-bred and very dull persons very generally are as very oh bostonians are well-bred as very dull persons very generally are so he said like they're not smart and they just fuck a lot like all dumb people do and they don't have a soul sounds like mark Wahlberg to me yeah so you know that literally describes every single person i've met from boston <laughs> it's um, which is fair i love them um and now that I, my favorite like slam of the book too is that um poe privately told others that he wasn't really impressed by the book and he even called it a most outrageous humbug so he was like yo this was a straight humbug you guys okay i can't have anything to do with it it is that big of a train wreck so um humbug back then was like saying the r word yeah no today yeah, you, you can't <laughs> say it huge. he was like whoa he dropped the h-bomb he dropped the h-bomb on them 
that's pretty intense to call it humbug. I find it very funny. Uh, I love the idea of literary feuds because there's no way they're going to end in a physical altercation. There's no way they're going to start throwing hands. Oh, no. So all they have are their strongly worded uh, uh, essays about critiques of their work. And they never really, to be honest, they never really go that deep. No, they, no. And it's like, once again, he just dropped an age bug. He's like, oh, this is, I bet he felt so good writing outrageous humbug to his friend. It's like, oh, I'm going to get him so bad with this. Is that where it ended their feud is just these back and forth? So let me continue the tale because there is, th- I actually think this might be my favorite part of the Edgar Allan Poe, like whatever. It's not as like, you know, like, holy shit, pedophilia, or we don't know how he died, but like, it's petty as fuck. And I love it. Um, okay, so um, after, so Poe essentially had a, um, so this started the rivalry when he called him a humbug and he hated the book. Um, it started a rivalry where eventually um, Poe used to be an editor at this magazine somewhere in the New England, but essentially Griswold uh, replaced him and got a higher salary than Poe's and apparently let people know about it. It's like, I got Poe's old job. I'm getting paid more than him. I'm better than him. So that's, yeah, 100%. so that started ruffling Eddie's feathers. So after like, you know, he had this editor job, Eddie moved on and got a job um, presenting a series of lectures called the Poets and Poetry of America. So very prestigious um, at, I guess, like a university or like at some place, like at the time, um, in Philadelphia and Poe would openly attack Griswold in front of his large audience and continue to do so in small lectures. So like he essentially is like, fuck him. He got my old job. I'm going to use my new job lecturing about poetry to not talk about poetry and just talk about what a humbug this dude Rufus Griswold is like, whatever. (laughs) So completely diverted his like intent from poetry to just slamming this dude in his lectures for whatever reason, Uh, (laughs) just being petty as fuck. And then eventually both of them started going after Francis Osgood, despite the fact that Eddie was, um, you know, married at the time. And obviously, like, as you said, like, all that stuff came to pass. Um, best parts about this is when Poe died. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we got to talk about this because never reconciled their distances. And after Poe's mysterious death in 1849. Oh, that's when he died. It was 1849. Um, Griswold apparently just, un- like, nobody said anything. But Griswold just appointed himself executor of his will. He's like, you know what? No, guys, I got this. I'm going to be handling Poe's stuff here. I I got a handle on this. I don't know if you realize, but we're best friends. We have a lot We've of We've been time. talking to each other. Right? But wait, didn't you guys? Nope. No, no. No. Nope. We were just right. And who's going to deny me? <laughs> like mad with who's power. Who's going to say otherwise? No, but before he even be- We made up right before he died. Before, right but before, before he, died. he even became the like faux like, executor of his estate- he took out a giant, like, obit or ad in, a, like, a newspaper, Griswold, under a pseudonym. So Griswold didn't even say this himself because he wanted to want to, like, be attached to it. But he just outwardly started, like, you know, like, dunking on Eddie posthumously. He was like, Poe often, he was claimed that Poe would often wander the streets either in madness or melancholy, mumbling and cursing to himself, was easily irritated envious of others like that dude Rufus Griswold who was pretty awesome <laughs> and then he was a pretty cool guy <laughs> and then he was regarded and then he regarded society as composed of villains which given Poe's thoughts on Bostonians isn't completely untrue but like Griswold just slammed him at, like, under a pseudonym then um claimed to be the chosen literary executor um for no reason, and he began a campaign to start systematically harming Eddie's reputation that lasted until his own death eight years later. So, like, essentially, he decided to put together a book, um, a posthumous collection of Eddie's works, 
um, that were completely fabricated based on letters that he made up. He did not share any of the profits of this made-up book that made Eddie look awful with any of his relatives. So he cashed in. Essentially, he's like, I'm writing a book of Eddie's last poems. They're based off of made-up letters that I just made up now, and I'm not sharing the profits with any of his family members, essentially. What a delicious revenge. Um, what a way to go out. Where it's it's Well, just the fact that there's never any fighting back anymore. Every single attack he makes is purely like indulgence. It's like he's, he's not getting anything out of it. It's so petty. And he's having so much oh, fun he's doing loving it. it. He's, he's like, loving every second uh, of it. Oh, here comes some new videotape of Ben Cop. <laughs> oh, it's him dressed up in a wig. Just being like, oh, I'm a big dummy. Uh, I'm, so- I'm your snorting crack. The cherry on top of the spiteful cake that is like their like back and forth relationship. Um, Destroying Poe's reputation didn't bring Griswold any happiness. Surprise, surprise. He spent his final days, his final illness, um, he spent in a al- he spent alone in a room. Um, do you know what was in this uh, sparse room that uh, that Rufus Griswold chose to spend his final days in? So he's like, I'm on my deathbed, the Ill- my illness, whatever it was, like dysentery, it's 1800s. Who the fuck knows what he's dying of? Sure, sure, sure. He's pooping his Yeah, pants. exactly. Um, he's in a sparse yeah. room. What do you think that Rufus decided to decorate this very sparse room to spend his final days in? Uh, 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 turtles. Like turtles and bumblebees. It's fair. Random <laughs> as fuck, but sure, why not? That seems... I said the first thing that came to mind. I am on the edge of my seat. That's something we might need to unpack a little bit later, but... <laughs> turtles and bumblebees. How close am I? He spent his final illness alone in a room hung with three portraits. There were three portraits in the room. <laughs> One was of himself, because he he liked himself a lot. Sure, sure. Sure, he's staring at himself. Sure. One was of uh, Fanny Osgood, who he never actually had a relationship. By all accounts, she was more into Eddie than she was into Rufus. Sure. Like she actually hooked and up I'm with Eddie. I'm pretty sure she moved on and just had a regular life oh, yeah. after that. No. Like after they didn't even have like a real affair. They just flirted with each yeah. other, and then she's just like, "Oh well, whatever," and it's like gone. And then okay, and then sure enough, the third portrait was of good old Eddie himself. So he spent his final days looking at pictures of himself. Just jerking and off, staring at three pictures. Just like crying. Just like, oh that God. he never got with, was never connected to. And that's how he ended his life. Just railing on him, Eddie, after he died. And then surrounding himself in a room with the pictures of the, those three people. And it is a horrific ending to a life and a story. It's so petty and just awesome. I just love the pettiness, like the extremes that they Did went he? to. Did he just, like, as soon as Edgar Allan Poe died, did he just immediately start haunting this guy? He had to have. Like, it feels like there's no, like, it was an obsession of his. Like, because as the first thing that happened with this is he wrote Edgar Allan Poe's obituary. Yeah, calling him once again. He wrote his obituary. Who? Aaron, do me a favor. Mm. Please, God. If I die... Please don't let Nick write my obituary. <laughs> Interesting. Please. You think Nick's going to go after you after you die? <gasps> no, please. I'm, I'm making this as a joke. Ooh, I, I'm I just not realized. Gonna... <laughs> this is when we should start editing. No. Cut. No, I, I like this because now I feel like I'm going to stop him and then write the obituary myself. And then I'm going to write the pettiest fucking obituary. Honestly, I do not want you I'm going to, to write, write my obituary. I, I am going to be the Rufus like, well, Result I... to your Edgar Allan Poe. That's what I'm going to be. 
I'm going to write my obituary tonight. And I'm going <laughs> to write it. I'm going to appoint myself the executor of your will. Despite what you or any family member says, I will be that executor and I will write an awful obituary. And you have something to stand on because it happened in 1849. You could literally point to that. There is. It's been done. It's precedent. It is precedent. That's the word precedent. Precedent. There you go. I'm not going <laughs> to. But yeah, I, I actually. Now that I think about it, this is my favorite part of the research. Finding out yeah, the pettiness I, of Rufus Griswold and Edgar Allan Poe and the pseudo-love triangle that happened with, Francis, with Franny. I, I love I, it. I, I'm super impressed. Because, like, in all honesty, everything else, like, I, the fact that this guy was just fucking dead-eye staring <laughs> at the picture at himself, at himself. his lost love from eight year, a decade Who ago, never loved him. and his arch nemesis. <laughs> like, what was he thinking? Like, 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 what was, like, the, like, the, the nurses who were helping, like, put up the, like, the pictures, what was he, what were they thinking? What did he hope to get out of staring at those pictures? What was the order of the pictures? Good question. Was his was his photo above the others? Were they in a line together? Were they side by side with Fanny in the yeah, middle? Yeah, like both him uh, and like Eddie was... like staring at Fanny like in the middle. Like, oh my god. Oh my god, Aaron. He was in love with Poe. <gasps> oh He was in love with Poe. That was it. And he, t- and, and he was his literary hero. And then when Poe just disregarded his work, he's a spurned lover. That's just like how how dare you? I was in love and, with, and you. he was, and Franny was like he wasn't like in love with Franny. He was jealous he of he was jealous of Franny because Franny had Poe's attention, and he was like, "Yo, fuck you, Franny!" Like whatever. Maybe if I got close to you, I can figure out a way to like get rid of you or get you out of the picture. Like he was jealous as fuck of Franny, and and the the homophobia that lay in that time frame. He probably he probably refused to think he was gay. He's just like, "No, no, no, no. I'm just obsessed with my arch nemesis who's trying to take my girl who I'm not really that interested in. Like she's cool and all, but like whatever because he was not interested right. in her sexually." And like and uh, or and I think that he was legit into him because remember like the feud started when like like Eddie was like, "Oh, he didn't like he had a bunch of Bostonians in there and they all they all suck or whatever." He, so it's like it was never personal for Eddie. He was just like he just didn't like Boston people, so like and then Rufus took that just so personally because it was his book and he's like look eddie i reached out to you for help i put you in my collection of store stories i thought we could work more together he was hoping this to be a beautiful friendship or relationship and then like like edgar Allan poe was just like nah i hate boston folks he put a bunch of boston folks in there screw this guy and then you know lovers you know got spurned and it became this like lovers quarrel back and forth for years on end and Griswold just lay in his death couch. Imagine he's sitting on a couch. Then his death couch, holding a picture of himself and of Poe, and just crying as he tries to make them kiss. Oh my god! And he's just like pushing them together, and he's just like, "No, that's bad." And he's like having this real. To be fair, time. I do think that Eddie is not a good person overall. So maybe Rufus was better off not hooking up with Eddie. Like maybe, but like he just seems so bitter and ruined by the romance. But I guess Eddie was a heartbreaker. In all honesty. They probably should have kissed at some. They point, absolutely should just have just to get out some. St- if they had kissed, uh, in all honesty, because I'd imagine Griswold would have been broken from the spell. Yeah. Because I can't imagine uh, uh, Ed, uh, Edgar Allan Poe to be uh, a gracious kisser. I could imagine he's like a lot of tongue. He's got oh. no lips. He's got a lot of tongue, and he's just trying to get his in. You know, he's not he, trying to he be. Must be. He's a, not doing a romantic kiss. He reads to me as a horrifically selfish lover. Just oh out. yeah oh sure yeah he's coming fast and coming and, and leaving soon you know if you know what I'm saying. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles of the Rich and Dead. Please like, follow, and subscribe.